And now, live from Studio One in Castle Bar, it's the Jack McDonald Show. Yes, you are very welcome back. We had a few tracks there, but now we are back into the news, of course, and we're back here for another week, one of our last here on CRC. So, as always, you are very welcome along to the show. If you want to contact the program, there's various ways to do that. Text 0879350043 or email studio at crcfm.ie. Well, we've gone old school. We've gone back to the papers for uh, this show because, uh, there's uh, well, the Sunday papers seem to carry quite a few uh, interesting stories. I suppose, first, we get to uh, the... the one of the biggest stories in the paper, which was that seven years will be now the official sentence for those who wish to snatch up pets. That's right, dog nappers will be jailed for up to seven years under new laws. I mean, as we've said on this program before, I never understand how anybody could steal a dog. It's just, uh, I mean, obviously the market is there, but I mean, you really couldn't. There's absolutely no justification. You can't say that you were born in this, that there's no way that, uh, you know, somehow, uh, I don't know, you were, you were abused by a dog napper and now you're a dog. I mean, there's absolutely no way, in my opinion, of induction other than you've seen a pup that you see that uh, you could have, uh, that and that you were able to throw it in whatever, your uh, Suzuki or your uh, Citroen van and uh, bring it over to England and make a few bucks. It's, 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 there's, there's absolutely, yeah, there, there's absolutely no uh, redeeming quality from, from me for uh, dog nappers. I, I can usually see both sides of the argument, but uh, no, as I say, the offence of pet abduction is to be created to ensure that they are valued as more than just property. Now, I do think it is uh, also, you know, I mean, uh, the the height of arrogance for us to be doing this. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, so that's that's the stories in the, in the pet world. A a, uh, oh yes, Daniel Sturridge So uh, we will of course have Don Ryan coming up with the Sporting Review And we will be uh, hopping down to Cork To speak to Dre Morgan As he gives us the latest in hip-hop And he also has to confess Or I suppose uh, Yeah, I suppose he has to confess to his sins uh, Because something interesting happened After he left our programme on Monday And, and you'll hear all about that Anyway, um, so Daniel Sturridge ha- Apparently has got up to 30 36,000 followers in his new venture. You might think, what's his new venture? His new venture is putting his dog on Instagram. His uh, his pooch, Lucci, has taken over the spotlight since Daniel decided to scale back his own social media. The dog was stolen from his home in 2019, but reunited after the football offered a £30,000 reward. I mean, I have to say that this is, you know, Daniel Sturridge, such a talented player, and this is one of the reasons, in my opinion, that, I mean, his career relatively has gone down the toilet. It's, uh, when, when you're spending your time trying to think of ideas for posts for posts online for your dog instead of training, I don't mean everybody needs a hobby, but this certainly seems like it would detract from your uh, footballing ability. So that's uh, Daniel in the news. Then there's this interesting story, which I think is a little bizarre. So I read this uh, story, and it was about uh, long COVID. And I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe it's a younger person or a kind of middle-aged person, um, and and at which case you can kind of understand long long COVID. This is Lulu's long COVID fight. How old do you think Lulu is? Maybe 50, 55, maybe even 60. She's a Scottish singer, singer, and she's 72, and she's talking about long COVID. I mean, I have to say, I think... You're in a pretty good decision, a uh, pretty good uh, position. If at 72 you can be talking about long COVID 
uh, yeah, the effects of long COVID. If you've managed to survive from long COVID, er, from COVID rather, and long COVID is your only problem, I think you're in a pretty good place. Apparently, flu-like symptoms, uh, tiredness, r- rusty voice. I would say that rusty voice, uh, singer at 72, I'd imagine most singers. I mean, have you heard Sinatra? Anyway, uh, and the final story today in the paper, it, there is um, more nut jobs around the place. Well, I mean, that shouldn't be a surprise, but and it shouldn't really be a surprise that the star has brought them to light. This one in particular, though, is a family who have dedicated their life essentially to those Mister Men people. You may have ha- you may have those uh, books at home. Uh, it, I think everybody presumably has come in contact with them. They're these little, I mean, they're pamphlets, uh, kind of uh, size or length books. But for some reason, they have attracted quite a cult audience. And uh, this family in particular have have uh, fifty parents fifty six uh, and uh, sixty two respectively have spent almost thirty thousand pounds on the collection with some items dating back to the seventies. So now they are uh, yeah they are hoping for a Guinness World Record to have. They're looking for three thousand five hundred items, but they need to do a count, uh, an official count, I suppose, to prove that they have indeed wasted thirty thousand pounds on these uh, plush toys and various other memorabilia i mean uh, b- bizarre but uh, yes so that's that's it uh, that that that's the mr men story as i say Donald ryan and co coming up with the sporting review then we go down to cork to talk all things rap uh, kanye of course in the news and as i say um dre uh, very interesting very interesting uh, but with all of that said and uh, I suppose on the topic of rap, this is a newer 50 Cent song. This is Big Rich Town here on CRC. Well, you are very welcome back to the Jack McDonald Show. Now, it's that time of the week again. A lot of sport has been happening and a lot is yet to come. And to look forward to it and to review it also, it's time for the sporting review. And, of course, to do that, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Donal Ryan, who is back. I think it could be two weeks since we've seen you last, Donal. Excellent to have you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a while, Jack, but yeah, just trying to catch, keep up with all the sport that's been going on, I suppose. Uh, good, to, good to be back. Yeah, certainly, I mean, a lot. I mean, you've got uh, Messi, perhaps the biggest story of the week, maybe even will be one of the biggest of the decade, I'd, I'd imagine. A bizarre story, what turned out, you know, there's money involved here, there's passion, and there's also the downfall of a giant. Where do we start? Oh, God, where do we start is a good question. I mean... I mean, there's a lot of people talking about why well, Messi really loves Barcelona and all this. Like you see him crying in the press conference that he did yesterday. Like, why can't he play for free? But like, this is this is it's literally it all boils down to money. Like, uh, it's legally impossible for him to to continue to play for free because uh, Barcelona are currently in debt of 1.2 billion euro, uh, and the legal rules state that uh, the, uh, any club's wage bill must amount to about 70% of the club's overall revenue. And even when you take Messi out of the equation, uh, Barcelona's wages still stand at ninety-five percent. So you know it's they only have themselves to blame for getting themselves into this mess. Yes, and of course there was that great tweet of uh, I believe it was the club's chairman who a year or two ago did kind of a remote seminar to a Harvard Business School, and it was all about how they successfully managed FC Barcelona and they were a titan of the game and all this kind of stuff. And within eighteen months that house of cards has fallen on its face. Uh, I mean, he has some neck on him to be coming out with things like that when you look how badly managed Barcelona have actually been over the last couple of years. 
it's a know, it's a bizarre they, downfall, isn't it? I mean, from a team that uh, five six years ago were I mean completely on top of the world, you know, and they, uh, fair enough they they struggled to replace big names like Javi or Iniesta, but that really shouldn't have been the you know the downfall of the whole ship. Honestly, yeah, it's just it just comes down to pure mismanagement, really. I mean, Messi is the greatest player ever, in my opinion. Anyway, I think he's he certainly is the best of all time. I don't think we'll ever see the likes of him again. So, like, it's not his fault that Barcelona were throwing money at him. Do you know, I was looking at a thing there a couple of weeks ago about wage Barcelona's wages from like I think two seasons ago, and I think uh, Messi was on like nearly a million a week or something ridiculous like that. And uh, the next highest was Anton Griezmann, who I suppose hasn't really kicked on the way he would have liked to Barcelona since he moved from Atletico. But uh, he was on like seven hundred ninety-five thousand a week or something. Like it's absolute madness. I mean, like I mean, every man has his price and everything. But like when you're just throwing away money like that, it's no wonder that Barcelona got into the state that they're in. In the Liga as well. I mean, the eyes on La Liga. I've often called them sheep farmers. There's absolutely their competition is generally quite weak. There's very little eyes on the games. You know, I mean, there isn't even proper coverage uh, for the last season. There wasn't even proper coverage if you're trying to view it over here. Sky Sports didn't have many of the rights, even BT and people like that. It was just a bizarre festival. And in the meantime, you had people like Messi coming out signing b- even bigger contracts, and you're going, this has to fall down at some point. Very interesting. You, you know, you mentioned all, all the players that they've signed in the last while. And as we say, like Iniesta, Xavi, Messi, they had a they had an eleven player. Well, they had a squad, but especially a starting eleven of world class and perhaps once in a generation talents across the pitch. And they didn't seem to be able to, as drug dealers would say, cut up their product. I mean, you you know you you lost a few players, but you'd think you'd be able to you know use a Messi and a few other players to keep the to keep the ship going, and they, they just didn't seem to. It was. Yeah, very interesting and, and very and I suppose it also maybe makes Ronaldo look a bit better. People maybe questioned his moves and called them for money and for this and that. But uh, obvi- I mean, they were transparently, I think, for money in parts. But perhaps he's seen some of the demise of La Liga as well. Possibly, yeah. You know, like it's, it's, it just boils down to pure mismanagement, as I said. Like um, La Liga was, you, people questioned whether the standard was there. You know, you look at. Barcelona and Real Madrid are two heavyweights, but it was Atletico Madrid that won the league last year, and rightly so, you know, and that's another case of uh, uh, mismanagement for Barcelona as they let Luis Suarez go to Atletico Madrid and he just fired them all the way to the title pretty much. He was banging in goals left, right and centre for them. So, you know, you'd have to wonder where La Liga will stand this year uh, given that Messi is gone now and uh, Ronaldo is... Ronaldo's gone a good while. You know, will... Like El Clasico is one of the biggest games in the world, but you'd wonder how much of a draw they'll have now that the two two of the game's biggest superstars will no longer be there. Yeah, it's it it is bizarre, and somebody who may have actually drawn more attention than El Clasico can currently do is Kelly Harrington. Donald, did you get up at uh, five or six in the morning to watch this? I tell you, I planned to get up, but uh, I I slept through my alarm. I was absolutely raging. I woke up at about quarter to seven and I missed the fight, but. Uh, I got up and watched the back again, and uh, Jesus, what an achievement! I mean, from start from the start of the Olympic Games to the to the to the finish, she was an absolute inspiration. You know, carrying the flag out on the the opening day, represented Team Ireland. It was her idea to do the bow as well when Team Ireland entered the arena, and uh, all the athletes bowed to the crowd. You know, so she's an absolute inspiration, and I'm sure, like no doubt, that she was inspired by the success of Katie Taylor 
in 2012. And I'm sure that thousands more uh, young children, as probably gir- especially girls as well, will be inspired by the, the achievements that Kelly Harrington is after after getting now over the weekend the actual fight itself very interesting apparently the first round she wobbled but uh, she managed to regain her composure yes and uh, all the analysts on RTE of course were saying like how important it is to win the first round and the fact that she didn't and managed to still come out with a gold medal just is just testament to her performance really you know she had a stunning Olympic Games you know she came up against all different types of boxers you know and she overcame every single one of them quite brilliantly to be honest you know that gold medal fight of course was probably the toughest fight she was going to have and the fact that she did wobble as you said in the first round you know would have kind of thrown the cat amongst the pigeons I suppose but you know she was well able to overcome it and uh, they reckon that that second round that she put in is one of the greatest uh, up there with some of the greatest Irish boxing performances now of all time Yes, perhaps only rivaling Mick Conlon's off the uh, off the ring or out of the ring performance in 2016. Over to the Premier League, it's time to maybe put a little bit more focus on that because, of course, it is coming back. Uh, I believe the 14th will see the kickoff or the resume of the Premier League in the next season. A lot of talk from every everything from kits to managers to transfers. Donal, who do you support? I'm a Spurs man, Jack from Sins. so. Uh... It's, good. it's been a it's been an interesting couple of weeks uh, regarding, of course, Harry Kane's situation. Will he stay? Will he go? Uh, it looks to me like he wants out. You know, he's of course he's skipping training. Uh, I think he's back training. He's training on his own now, isolating after he took an extended period of his holidays to be in Florida. I think he was uh, tripping around Disneyland there with his family. But um, you know, I think if he wants to go, just let him go at this stage. You know, it's 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 not good for the club and it's not good for the player if you know he. Like if he clearly he wants out, just like there's no point. I mean, the only thing the Spurs are arguing is that they make, they're just trying to make sure that they get get the adequate money for him. You know, I think City were bidding 100 million, which would put, which technically speaking, would put Harry Kane on the same level as Jack Grealish. But uh, I think Kane is much better than that. I mean, all bias aside, you know, he's the England captain. He's on his way to breaking the goal scoring record in the Premier League that stood for so long. You know, I'd certainly slap another 20, 30 million on him at, at the very least. And he's a pretty nifty Fortnite player as well. I'm not sure if he's still up to that. Uh, yeah, it's interesting when, of course, not showing up to training is quite a clear sign. It's pretty much, you know, it's pretty much no clearer sign than, yeah, I suppose, uh, handing in a letter of resignation or or putting in a transfer request. In that case, it is. I think it's a very uh, clear and apt sign that uh, he's not on board for the next season. My own team, Liverpool. Don't know what are the prospects. Can we uh, bounce back to form? in any way it was was the pandemic just you know a bad dream and we'll get back to what some people at one time were calling one of the best teams of all time um i liverpool will definitely be up there again this year you know the return of virgil van dyke is going to be a massive boost and um, while personally i think he's still excuse me he's still going to be off it a bit you know i mean he missed he's missed basically a whole year of football uh opted of course to miss the Euros with the, the Netherlands to focus on his recovery and get back for the season with Liverpool, you know. So he's clearly he's clearly committed to the cause, I suppose. But um, you know, Andy Robertson picking up a nasty ankle injury there yesterday in a preseason friendly against Atletico Bilbao. Um could it be the same thing again? We don't know. You know, uh, of course Liverpool's defence was plagued with injuries last season. So hopefully this won't be the start of something similar again. But, um, you know, I reckon Liverpool will be right up there again this year. The top four is going to be extremely competitive this year now, I reckon, with uh, City strengthening, of course, Liverpool getting back on form. Chelsea adding some 
uh, Romelu Lukaku, who looks to have just passed a medical there this afternoon, ahead of a £97.5 million move back to Chelsea. You know, they're going to be right up there again if they can get him firing. And of course, Man United are going to be there too. Uh, good, uh, good business completed with the signings of uh, Rafael Varane and Jaden Sancho. So it'll be interesting to see what they can bring to the table as well. Do you ever compete in any of those uh, fantasy f- leagues or the uh, last man standing competitions, anything like that? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sucker for the old fantasy football now, to be honest. Uh, it was absolutely do- I'm, I'm having such headaches at the moment trying to figure out who I'm going to pick before the Friday night deadline. Uh, you know, waiting for transfers to get over the line and uh, seeing who's going to be available, who's not, who's injured, who's not, who's, you know, oh, it's, it's an absolute nightmare. But uh, it's a it's a cruel game in fantasy football. But once you're in, you're in. Yeah, a lot of people are hooked on that. I could never get past the first week, you know, after you, you make your selections. You just, yeah, I just, I just never opened it again. I suppose, you know, you, you just get busy or whatever. Uh, you know, you, you yeah. put in Hatton Ben Arfa and he doesn't score. <laughs> and it's like, OK, right, well, that's that gone. <laughs> Uh, yeah so anyway that's uh, hopefully we don't have a similar outcome with uh, the match on Saturday as uh, 6 o'clock all eyes down here in Mayo will be tuning in and I'm sure all eyes pretty much across the uh, country will be will be very eagerly anticipating Mayo uh, facing up against Dublin in Crow Park Donal as a Sligo man in many regards you I should not be speaking about this at all in other regards maybe you can provide an unbiased view certainly I'm sure you'll know more about this uh, than me even being a Mayo man <laughs> uh, yeah well you know Mayo have been in very good stead this year you know winning the Connacht Championship at their ease really and um, I mean as we were talking I think we were talking about it there a couple of weeks ago Jack how uh, how good a performance they put in in the second half of the Connacht final against Galway you know they just came out of the, flying out of the traps in the second half and just blew them away really uh, but of course you know Dublin Dublin or Dublin you know they're all conquering uh you know, they've win winning random, I think it was their eleventh Leinster title in a row or something crazy like that when they bet Calaire two weeks ago. And, um, you know, there doesn't look it doesn't look like there's any stopping them, unfortunately, which is, you know, it's ter- it's not great for the game at all. Uh but of course, you know, it's an all Ireland semi final. You know, Mayo always put it up to Dublin and uh, anything could happen in Croke Park on the day, I suppose. Uh, I can't really see anything past the Dublin win, to be honest, but I'm sure Mayo will give it a good rattle. And of course, 40,000 in attendance, I'm sure Tony Hoolan will be having heart palpitations, if not a heart attack. It's, go- it's good to see the return to some amount of normality within sport. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's crucial for across all sport that fans are being allowed back into the games. I mean, if you look at the two All-Ireland Hurling semi-finals that just occurred over the weekend, you know, Limerick, Limerick and Waterford on the Saturday and uh, Cork and Kilkenny playing out an absolute cracker on, uh, on Sunday there. And, um, you know, and the atmosphere around Croke Park, you know, while it wasn't full, uh, there was still an, a fantastic buzz to see around the place. You know, of course, I was only watching the games at home on the television, but like, you know, you could still feel the atmosphere, you know, it really felt like things were s- starting to get back to normal. And it's just fantastic to see it. Well, I think perhaps the best story of the day, Donal, or of, of, of the week, rather, comes from the Olympics. Now, the Olympics, I've had a, a, an up-and-down relationship with them, but in the last while, they've given some brilliant fodder for stories, and none more so than this. Donal, bring it, bring it, take it away. This is a French man. He's a marathon runner, and it's, I mean, it's just wonderful. Yeah, I mean, talk about a, talk about a serious act of play acting. Like, Jesus. Yeah, I'm not sure what stage of the race it was, but... Uh, 
you know they were coming around the corner and of course every so often in the marathon there's tables with water with the bottles of water for the athletes to just grab as they run past and you know take a drink or squirt over themselves to cool down a bit but uh, this guy French the French marathon runner Marhad Andumi I think his name is uh, as he was running past the table he stuck his hand out and just proceeded to knock every single bottle off the table until he got to the last one which he grabbed for himself and just kept going you know uh, a lot of people have been calling him out for it uh, saying like it was uh, unsportsmanlike or whatever but uh, his excuse was that uh, the bottles were slippy and that he tried as he tried to grab one he just continued to knock them <laughs> over in a kind of a domino effect which uh, I'm not having that at all I haven't seen the footage like it was clear what he was doing you know it was but, incredibly uh, I mean, clear I mean as you say domino effect and I mean this is you know something like 20 or 30 water bottles it's not like three or four he very clearly continues you know or speeds up the domino effect until he gets to the last one at which point he scoops it up and off he goes it's I mean it's it's I, I almost commend him for it. If there wasn't cameras and stuff like that, it would have been a brilliant. Uh, it would have been a brilliant act. Unfortunately, he did get caught. Uh, do do we know if there's any kind of disciplinary action pending or anything like that? I don't think so. I think it's just one of them things, you know, where it's just like, ah, oh, man, come on, don't be doing that. <laughs> I think that'll be more the more the the trope that follows this one. I can't see him getting any kind of a ban or like a retrospective fine or anything. You know, I feel like that would be a bit harsh. Uh, while it is a kind of a snaky thing to do. Uh, Karma did get him in the end, though. You know, he was in a good position coming into that, but he, I think he finished 17th, and uh, one of the Dutch runners that was behind him that didn't actually get him a chance to grab a water bottle as a consequence of this guy act, <laughs> taking the piss, he uh, actually came second. So, you know, swings and roundabouts, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, on the topic of uh, GA and sportsmanship, and indeed drinking, it's time for the Top Geezer of the Week award. And uh, it's actually multiple geezers this week, Dono. Yeah, uh, lads, uh, the, the 1982 Offaly team, I think you plumped for, Jack, was it? Yes, exactly, the 1982 Offaly team. I mean, this is a an, an excellent tidbit that I found online. I'm not sure if you have it in front of, in front of you. It's a, a statement made to the newspaper, I believe, back in the day, kind of displaying the uh, the different uh, I suppose that well the contrasts in attitudes to sportsmanship now versus then but essentially the quote goes on the morning of the 1982 All Ireland a journalist asked Offaly manager Ewan McGee how badly Offaly wanted to win he replied there is men in that dressing room who haven't had a pint since last Wednesday night <laughs> it's it's I mean it's classic, it's, isn't it? It's a classic. I'm not sure sh- I would I'm not sure if that's uh you know if that's a completely accurate it's it seems almost too good to be true, but it was the eighties, I suppose. You know, uh George George Best I think was doing a lot crazier in the dressing room before a game. So yeah, I, I mean let's hope that Aiden O'Shea and Co. have taken maybe a steadier hand and aren't in uh, Johnny McHale's or Mick Burns in the next few nights. Ex- I mean an excellent story and thanks again to you Donald, an excellent sporting review. I'm sure you'll be uh, tuned in from Sligo to the game on Saturday and we'll be talking with you again on Monday. Absolutely Jack, looking forward to it. Well that was Donald Ryan there with the sporting review. We'll be back after this. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Over the last 15 months, I'm sure we've all had a little of that. Well, BetterHelp is here to step in. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under just 48 hours. 
It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not locally be available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room ever again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free of charge to change counsellors if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. It's more affordable than traditional online counselling and financial aid is available. So you're going to visit their website at betterhelp.com forward slash reviews to check out the testimonials that are posted daily. And if you want to avail of the special offer provided by BetterHelp to listeners of The Jack McDonald Show, go to betterhelp.com forward slash TJMS to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com forward slash TJMS. Well, you are very welcome back to The Jack McDonald Show. Now it's time for a brand new segment. We brought it to you last week and I'm very happy to go all the way down to Cork and to bring it to you once again. It's time to link up with our hip-hop expert, uh, Dre. How are things? Good thanks. Thanks for having me on. Dre, after the show last week, I mean, a, a lot of great reaction, but there was also something really interesting that I discovered. Dre, have you ever used Reddit before? Oh, yeah. I actually moderate the Tiny Creator subreddit. I'm yes. about to hit 200,000 subscribers. So You're also a contributor to or slash Alan Partridge, Dre. <laughs> <laughs> I found you very Partridge-esque. I'm actually a huge fan of this radio show now. It's very, very um, entertaining. I know. I've actually been watching all your radio shows. Yes. Well, well, I'm not sure if I, if I should be happy or not, because Partridge, of course, was a caricature. I can tell you uh, that I am happy at the numbers because that show. So I'll well, explain to people a post was made on a subreddit online called or slash Alan Alan Partridge, basically dedicated to the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Coogan's character. It's got 32 upvotes, which is quite a bit. And it's got 21 comments. And it's basically people going through and finding uh, like time. <laughs> stamps and adding it in for example when i was talking about kivin somebody uh, puts it in, in quotations quote living it up in albania while getting his dental work done genius uh there, there's a load of them it's i mean it's it's funny from the outside if i didn't have a good sense of humor i think i'd be filing some sort of dcma but i'm also happy because we're almost at up for up to 400 views on that full episode which is bizarre as well and another brilliant comment comes in most avoid using visual media as a content for radio show but this chap will not let something like the fact radio listeners can't see him stop it he did such a good job describing the video i think he could do a whole feature film perhaps the spy who loved me perfect parage partridge impression aha so I mean, I'm not sure, Dre. I can tell you that that show in particular, the whole system had uh, scrambled. So when you're on the back foot, it's easy to sound like Partridge. It's nice that you're a fan of the show. Uh, and I, as I say, we seem to have gone semi-viral within the Alan Partridge subreddit. So a bizarre happening. Well, of course, I hope you see that it's not in bad jest. I mean, I'm genuinely become a fan of the show and I wanted to share it with other people. And they obviously enjoyed it as well. So, I mean, you can't really complain. Well, yeah, you certainly you know how to uh, to capture virality either way. 
another man that uh, knows how to capture virality, maybe in a different way, Kanye West. Of course, we are blue in the face talking about Kanye West, but we're back at it again because I think we've seen some really incredible music from him. He had his second live stream event in usual, typical Kanye fashion. It took about twice the amount of time for him to even step on stage. This time it was on Apple Music, not just Apple Radio, so you had to go to Twitch to uh, find the stream as opposed to just doing the regular route. Dre, mm-hmm. what did you think? Oh, I'm, I am so satisfied with what we've listened to. It sounds way more cohesive, sounds way more finished than what we first listened to. Um, I'm also really happy with the fact that Kanye hasn't shied away from more underground features. I mean, some of the artists that he has featured, such as um, the Griselda label, such as Westside Gun, Come With The Machine, they only have like a couple of hundred thousand monthly listeners. Um, and I'm also very happy that um, Jay Electronica gets a feature, which is really interesting for me because he's one of my favorite artists, um, someone that disappeared off the face of the earth for 10 years after dropping some amazing music, came back, dropped his debut album, which was almost a collaboration album with Jay-Z last year. One of my favorite hip hop albums of all time, completely didn't disappoint. And of course I named my TikTok account after him and yeah, I'm just completely satisfied with what I've heard. And I feel like we are this close to achieving greatness from Kanye. Exactly. And that Jay Electronica feature was on an 11 minute song, which was a bizarre move. Uh, And, you know, I believe we got something like 24 tracks in total. The Jay-Z verse was updated and kind of, I felt, fixed. The other one felt a little rushed. A lot of Kanye's lyrics felt smoother. You know, maybe there's some room in one or two places. Obviously, everybody is waiting for it to drop. Kanye, you know, kind of promised that we would have it very soon after the event. We're all still waiting. Do you think we're going to have it in our hands anytime soon? Well, the next date now is August the 15th, I think. And I cannot see another listening party. I mean, it's there's only so much hype that the people can handle, you know. Uh, and people are going to end up getting fed up eventually. Um, even though like what he's given us is fantastic and it obviously has piqued our interest. I I want to keep the faith, but I don't want to go on record saying that I think we're going to get it soon because I did that last week and I was wrong. So <laughs> I, I feel like within the month, but you never know with Kanye. I mean, he some of his albums, he's dropped hundreds of days after saying that he's going to drop them. Some of the albums, obviously like Yandy, um, never was dropped at all. So is really just it's an enigma you never know well of course as well we've seen as i say that that uh, excellent jay-z feature and as you were saying to me just off mic it's 10 years since we had that uh, infamous watch the throne i mean a fantastic album oh brilliant album um i think slightly a bit underrated in both of their discographies um and i feel like there's it's you have to give them respect because a Kanye and Jay-Z album, they could have just gone for mainstream appeal. They could have just released bangers. They could have just chased um, billboards, but they actually did release a cohesive collaborative album. And if you actually look at the underlying tones of that album, it talks about the pros and cons of success. And as you go through the album, it talks about how um, the benefits of success. And then as you go reach the middle of the album, it talks about the detriment of success and the things that might come to the 
to Jay-Z and Kanye, two obviously of the biggest names in hip hop, two of the richest people to come out of the music industry and what the negative impact that it has given them on their lives. Yes, exactly. And obviously, oh, we're, we're all hoping that we will hear Watch the Throne 2, which is also rumored to be coming out. I believe Kanye's camp was saying that maybe kind of by the end of the year, we'd hear that uh, at the end of this year, you know, I suppose following this feature, there's a lot of hype. Now, this is the same Kanye camp that has promised about 15 different release dates. So would you hold, mu- hold much validity to Kanye and Hove linking up by the end of the year? I would hold validity to anything that Jay-Z says, but this is Kanye's come, as you say. Um, I mean, would you a Jay-Z project? I mean, 444 was an excellent project. Um, and obviously a written testimony, which is that Jay Electronica collaboration album that they released last year. That is fantastic. Uh, Jay-Z, I mean, I have him right behind me there. Um, he's a fantastic artist, one of my favorite artists. I feel like watch the throne too if it does happen there's not going to be a hype train like we see for donda i don't think that's what's going to happen i think if we do hear that album it would probably be i can see it coming in this year because we are due music from jay-z but i can't see it anytime soon to be honest well as you know, uh, last last week or the uh, yes, last week I believe it was, you gave us your underground pick, and it turns out that that underground pick has gone pretty mainstream in just a few days' time. You recommended Isaiah Rashad as this kind of up and coming guy, and I believe his album is now number one. Well, it is. It's a great album. I mean, it's his third studio album. I think if you're not, I think yeah, if you're not counting um, EPs and mixtapes. And I mean, the underground buzz from this man is just, it's just insane. Like it was, it's always leaving them. He's always left us wanting more. He's always left the fans wanting more. I mean, he released two projects, like I said before, Um, five years ago was his last project. And it hasn't just been no music, but it has been complete radio silence from him until about a month ago when the only thing that he posted was the album cover. And people just went insane. Like people in this underground circle of hip hop just went completely insane because we know what Isaiah Rashad is capable of and we know what he's done in the past. He dropped the album. Personally, in my opinion, it's his third best album. Um, It's his worst album, but it's still an amazing album because of the quality that he's capable of. of. Mm, mm. And it's interesting. I think they say either the first or the third. You know, we had uh, 50 Cent released his first album and many they say everybody has one album in them. But I think once you get on that music uh, train and, you know, especially trying to become, I suppose, uh, more mainstream, it does seem to take a few albums to maybe break in. And as you say, maybe not their best stuff is the stuff that uh, white chicks are going around in their cars to. Well, exactly. I mean, you have to look at like some of the biggest songs from some of the biggest artists. I mean, Travis Scott and things like that. I mean, Travis Scott has way better songs than Sicko Mode or um, Tyler has way better songs than Earthquake. Um, But it is just about like I made a video about how song structure affects your um, psychology and you're listening to music so much. And if your chorus is coming in sub 40 seconds, if you have a lot of repetition in your music and if you have a lot of mirroring in the syllables and the rhyme scheme in your music, then that is a formula that is going to get you streams and it's going to get you billboard placements. And it isn't necessarily down to the actual quality of the music in itself. Of course, quality helps. And of course, you're going to need a certain level of quality. But if you actually look through billboard, 
you are probably going to hear a chorus every single from every single song under a minute and you are probably going to hear an unbelievable amount of repetition and this has all come back from one man max meyer who is actually he's behind probably every single one almost every single pop hit pre-2010 and even now like if you think blinding lights he wrote um backstreets back by the backstreet boys uh he wrote that um so many more songs he's written for some of the biggest artists and all of them follow the same formula and it's just so easy to listen to that you almost forget that this is a song you know what i mean you almost forget that this is music that you're listening to you can just put it on and forget about it because he's almost hacked your psychology it's so it's so appealing yes yeah, chewing gum for the mind type stuff exactly with with kanye it does actually maybe give me a little pause for concern now streaming has basically kind of made that uh, even as a radio broadcaster you probably uh, have much less control over making or breaking or making or breaking breaking an artist but i would have have maybe some concern like an 11 minute song with a name like j electronica despite how excellent the song Song is maybe and you know Kanye seems to follow in the same vein throughout Donda you know maybe a bit more kind of loose and, and creative and expressive with his choices it does maybe give you some concern that kind of the general masses may not pick up on it well I always think when an artist releases a song like that it's almost a vanity song you know I mean it's almost a song that they want to create and they're doing it for themselves they don't care about achieving streams or something with a song like that i mean a feature like j electronica it's not going to pull in it'll pull in huge underground support but obviously it's not going to pull in huge mainstream support um i mean i have no problem with an 11 minute song if all 11 minutes have to be good obviously kanye is capable of that but other songs uh, like the quality of the music has to be at the top level for the whole song and that's why a two minute or a three minute song is so digestible and so good because there's not a lot of room for error. Whereas you have a lot, there's not a lot of room to go wrong in those songs. So you can completely, sorry, <laughs> there's not a lot of room to go wrong in the shorter songs. So with these longer songs, I mean, you can have a minute of these songs that are bad and that will just ruin the entire song. But a minute is half of the song in these smaller songs so that they have to be good you know what I yeah mean? you're definitely widening your risk vector i suppose i was thinking mm. uh, i was just dusting off a midi keyboard that i bought and used maybe once and obviously as a rap tiktoker i presume you at one point have tried your hand at music in some sort are you you know they, they say every every acting teacher is a failed actor are you a, a failed musician um, I wouldn't necessarily f say failed because I never attempted to succeed. However, I am music literate. I, um, I finished my grades on the saxophone um, and I do mess around with doors. I mean, I, I use FL Studio. I am literate on FL Studio. Uh, however, I don't know. I'm not a scratch on what I would love to be and hopefully I can just develop those skills in the future you know because there's a lot of people even around this small town here in Castle Bar you know there's people who are playing on football teams and stuff and I'm seeing you know at 23 and 24 they're kind of posting up on Instagram this track was produced by me and it's somebody screaming in their bedroom there was one pretty good <laughs> one but you know it's, it's very you know it's very clearly they've lifted a royalty free beat from YouTube and, and they're all just bopping their head to it so it is mm. you know it's, it, it is taking I think 
think I think uh, hip hop has has really just taken a foothold. You know, maybe back in the day, our parents or grandparents would have maybe uh, bought a few guitars, some drums, and tried to start up a band. So it does seem that hip hop kind of is shaping the same way, I suppose. Well, exactly. This is the evolution of the idolization and fetishization of celebrity culture. I mean. Instead of picking up a guitar, you might pick up a laptop nowadays and try and make some beats on your computer. Um, everyone wants to be a successful rapper. I mean, the idea of being a rapper, I mean, it, it's the coolest um, genre of music. I mean, and, and that's no mistake. That's no, it, it's, perf- it's purposely been like that. I mean, ever since the 80s and 90s, um, Sprite was one of the first sort of corporations to realize that it's cool to be a rapper. And if we market our brand in alignment with these hip-hop artists then our brand will once will become cool like hip-hop will and by doing that they were one of the first first um corporations to collaborate with artists such as well they, they collaborated with the director spike lee and then they collaborated with i think rakeem they collaborated with run dmc and creating adverts and adidas as well was one of the first um collaborating corporations which Adidas's sales were actually on the decline and Run DMC released a song called My Adidas, um, not affiliated at all with Adidas. Adidas saw this and ended up um, signing Run DMC to the first ever sneaker deal outside of any uh, outside of an athletic sport. And obviously now you see Run DMC everywhere and that is partially due to the fact that hip hop was just so loved by this almost subculture and was brought to the mainstream by corporations and by mainstream backing yeah and even mr donald trump i believe he has the record for appearing in something like 100 or 150 has been referenced or appeared in something like 150 rap videos over the last like 20 years no doubt paying for loads of them and you know stuff like Mm. that but you know uh, you know it seems like even kind of a conservative businessman can understand the appeal that rap has had over the last 20 years as we uh, wrap up there's uh, some news over in the states again of a potential reunion i mean outcast could be coming back it has been i think approximately 15 years since we since outcast split up um amicably they're still they still get on however we saw on twitter big boy obviously outcast is made up of a duo andre c thousand and big boy um tweeted out follow at outcast with two eye emojis and it's just so interesting as well that nowadays that's all we need to send the internet into a frenzy to send everyone into a frenzy and create narratives in their mind about what might be to come and personally i'm i'm part of that frenzy i absolutely love outcast and i would be absolutely ecstatic if they came back and created a project because i've with andrew 3000 and big boys past work um post outcast it's been amazing. So I can't see how we can't, they can't replicate what they've done in the past with that duo. It is very interesting, the bat signals that exist nowadays. It's no longer press releases. It's like the woman of a woman whose friend heard something from something and then they tweet it out and the tweet gets deleted. And that's how you know that Kanye might be dropping, you know, watch the throne or whatever in four years time. 
and it sends the world into a frenzy. And especially if they hit it on the right news day, you know, just a random person can can send kind of all the news articles and all the press into a whole uh, storm. So it is it is very interesting. Uh, finally, your underground picks, I suppose. Do do we have? A, I mean. You're pretty much one for one. I mean, you couldn't get better than a kind of an underground artist going to literally number one over uh, the five-day period of your endorsement. So, do we have another one? I don't know about. I don't, I don't know if I could give you another hot top pick like that. However, um, subject of this conversation has been Jay Electronica, one of my favorite artists, and um, the people that follow me know about my playlist. And the first ever song that was put on that playlist was Exhibit A by Jay Electronica, one of my favorite hip hop songs of all time. And the thing that really started his career and started the hype train, which lasted for over 10 years. So Exhibit A by Jay Electronica. Well, here it is, Exhibit A by Jay Electronica. Thanks so much, Dre, this was excellent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, maybe let's stay off Reddit, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. We'll be back after this. The Jack McDonald Show, Monday to Thursday, 10.30 to midnight, all summer. Yes, thank you, Laura. Well, that brings us to the end of the program. We, Of course, we would like to say thanks, as always, to Don Ryan for the sporting review and, of course, Dre for, I mean, uh, yeah, for, well, firstly, for drawing more attention to the program, which was excellent, but also, of course, for the rap roundup and everything that that entailed. And, of course, to you at home for uh, tuning in, whatever the reason why you're listening to us at this time of night. Uh, of course, you can contact the program in various ways. Listen in every day. We are here Monday to Thursday, half ten to midnight. About two weeks left on our contract here, so uh, more more fun to be had. There's uh, hopefully key, hopefully we will see Kevin before we end this. It feels like every week we promise him, but I I think uh, maybe at some point he uh, may be around, and I'm sure we'll probably get Cahill as well. There's a lot of requests for Cahill, so we we'll see if we can find him as well. But for for now, for tonight, it's time to hand you over to the main playlist, the station playlist, and of course, we will see you again. Thank you very much.